Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly Podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Well, 2 Peter, uh, we're going to go to 2 Peter chapter 3. We'll read from there, spend some time in 2 Peter chapter 3. And, uh, you know, as we get ready to look into God's Word, you know how sometimes people will say, like, uh, they'll be talking to you and they'll say, well, don't take it personal. You know how people will say that sometimes? When we start looking up into God's Word, you know what? You should take it personal. Like we should, we should take this moment and go, you know what, God's getting ready to speak to me. This is an important moment. So we're going to read in just a moment, 2 Peter chapter 3. We're kind of today launching into um, not, maybe not really a series, maybe a collection of messages that are a little bit missional for us here at Faith Assembly. And it's going to be some words and concepts that you hear us talk about fairly often. Uh, um, let me throw these words out and see if they sound a little bit familiar to you. All the time around here, we have faith assembly. We talk about connect, grow, and serve. And serve. Apparently it's starting to stick because some of y'all passed the pop quiz there. Good job. Connect, grow, serve. And so we're going to, uh, this week and next week and the next, uh, we're going to be hitting some of uh, these concepts, connect, grow, serve. We're not going to do them in that order. We asked the Lord if it was okay if we started out of order, and he said it was. And so the title of my, my message today is uh, Good to Grow. We're going to start with grow. We're good to grow. At the, end of this, uh, at the end of this service, we want all of us to be able to say, you know what, I'm good to grow. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to grow. Uh, and so um, I, I don't know if you can remember. I remember back when I was a just a, a little kid growing up, and you would have those, those times in the year when you would maybe reconnect with some family members that you hadn't seen in a while. So maybe it had been six months since you saw grandma and grandpa, or maybe it had been a year since you saw that aunt and uncle, and you'd show up for the family get-together. And I can remember being a little kid, showing up, presenting myself to aunt or uncle or grandma or grandpa, whatever, and kind of internally kind of being ready for the exchange, kind of being ready for the dialogue. I was ready for it because I would walk up and I would most of the time kind of be internally excited to hear them say, oh my goodness, I cannot believe how much you have grown. Oh my, you're growing like a weed. And I can remember just being on the inside thinking, you know what, I have been growing. Like, this is to be commended. I have been I used to be here, and now I'm here. I mean, this is really something that should be recognized by even more people than just you, aunt, uncle, like whatever. I can remember just being a, taking a little bit of like pride in those, in those moments of somebody just going, wow, I, look how you've grown. Now, you get to a certain age, and you meet up with somebody, like at my age now, like if I, if I hadn't seen somebody in a year, and all of a sudden I show up with them and they say, oh man, I can't believe how big you've gotten. How many know it just doesn't mean the same thing? I'd be like, well, let's step outside, all right, let's go. That's not very nice to say that to somebody. But back then, it just meant something different. And right now, if you went to my house or you came over to my house this afternoon, I can't have everybody over, but if you came over to my house this afternoon and you walked in uh, to our, my wife and I's bedroom and the bedroom door right there, if you opened the bedroom door halfway and just looked at the end of the door, the door's painted white, but what you would see on the end of the door, 
you'd see all these marks and scratches and numbers and letters all the way up and down the end of that door. And what that represents is all through the years, um, mostly my boys would do it, but they would uh, go and stand up against that door and say, Mom, does it look different? And so then we would go and measure, and if it was different than the last time they'd stood up against the door, maybe it was a half inch, maybe it was an inch, we'd go ahead and mark it. And we'd mark it, and we'd put their initials, and we'd put um, the, the date. Uh, as far as what. And so it even started going where some of the younger ones would compare and they'd say, okay, they'd mark me and say, okay, how tall was my older brother at this age? And we'd sit there and had to do the math and had to compare uh, if you're on the same growth spurt and same plan of growth that they were on. And so right there, it's all charted right there at the end of my door. And we can do that with physical growth. We can chart it like that on a door and make it so plain to see. But how many knows with our spiritual growth, it's not so easy to chart? I doubt if anybody in this room can just show me, here's the chart, here's how my spiritual growth has been going. I mean, when we're growing as a little kid and we're showing up at grandma and grandpa and they say, I can't believe how much you've grown, it happens so naturally, we don't have to think that much about it, but at some point, when we're talking about spiritual growth, spiritual growth doesn't happen automatically like that. If we're talking about spiritual growth, if we're talking about being good to grow in the things of God, it means I'm gonna have to be intentional about that. That's what, the, that's what Peter's talking about here in 2 Peter chapter three. He's talking about the importance of being intentional about our growth, being good to grow. And we'll start with verse 17. This is what he says. Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless and fall from your secure position. Let me read verse 17 one more time. He says, be careful, be on your guard that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall away from your secure position. Verse 18, but so instead of that, instead of being carried away uh, by error, instead of that, he says, but grow. Everybody say grow. He says, grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be both glory, both now and forever. If you think about all the different areas of our life, that people would maybe put a plan of growth as part of their life. You think about it um, educationally. I mean, we have a plan for people to grow educationally in their life. It's not like you look at your, you know, your son and daughter when they're like four and five, and you be like, over the next decade, I expect you to learn some stuff. So figure it out, God bless. Like, we don't do that. No, there's a plan, and we're gonna go from this grade, from this grade, we're gonna test, you're gonna pass, and then even if you wanna grow educationally now, you would still enter into that plan, and you would pick the right institution, you'd pick the right courses to study, and, and you would have a plan to grow educationally. Everybody thinks nothing about that, having a plan to grow education, maybe professionally. And maybe a boss or a supervisor says, hey, I want you to grow in these areas. And so I want you to take this course and do this training. There's a plan to grow professionally. Maybe even nutritionally. 
Some of you have been on a plan to grow nutritionally. Now, if I grow nutritionally, it means I'm shrinking a little bit. In the, <laughs> all right, but growing nutritionally, think about it, all these eating plans out there so that you'll grow nutritionally, that you'll grow in your health. And so uh, the plan might be, you know, like for breakfast, you get one spoon of raw oats and you eat that. And then for lunch, you like get a half of a green bean, you know, something like that. And then for the afternoon snack, it's a deep breath. You just breathe in, like that's just what you get. Um, and then pretty soon you'll get healthier and healthier because there was a, a plan, a nutritional plan, a plan to grow in my, in my health, uh, a plan to grow physically. Of course, people think nothing about right, being a part of a gym and doing classes and getting a trainer and getting on a plan to grow physically, um, even relationally. We, 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 we think about that, that we get on a, on, a, um, on a plan maybe to grow relationally in our marriages. Maybe we're going to read this book or take this course or go to some counseling or whatever, but it's, it's a plan so that we can grow in our relationship. Now, those areas, plans all over the place. Here is a very important question I want you all to be prepared to answer at least in your own mind. Here's the question. What is your current plan for spiritual growth? I mean, let's pretend like I had a microphone in my hand and I was gonna go around this room and I was gonna say, okay, and we're gonna take turns and you're gonna answer. Like, think about it, if you had to craft that answer with that kind of pressure and I was going around putting the mic in your face, let's say you were first in the whole room and I put the mic in your face and I said, what is your current plan for spiritual growth? Now, for most of us, we're feeling a bit of anxiety at the thought of that. The thought of having to articulate our current plan for spiritual growth. And the reason why it's a little bit anxious for us is because a lot of us, maybe we haven't thought about what it is. Or maybe some of you would answer it this way, right? We go, what is your current plan for spiritual growth? And you'd be like, this, like this is it. Like I'm here, I got myself in church. Isn't that good? And I would say, yes, that is awesome. But I would also say this, that if this is the totality of your plan for spiritual growth, I'll say this, you may not be growing as much as you could, you may not be growing as much as you could, you may not be growing like God would have you grow if this is the totality of your spiritual growth plan. As a matter of fact, sometimes, if we think this is our spiritual growth plan, sometimes we can fool ourselves into thinking we're growing more than we are just because we're in the room. Oh, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. So I, I don't work out as much as I used to back in the day. My workout routine was pretty regimented. I would work out twice a year at least at the very minimum. Twice a year I would go work out. I had a membership at LA Fitness for a while. I had a membership at YMCA for a while. And I can remember going to, the, to those gyms, usually I'd go with my wife, and uh, I would go and I'd have my workout clothes on, I'd have my towel there ready to wipe any sweat that I might break into, and I would go in there and I'd walk around for a little while and just see everybody working out, and I kinda, I'd just get in, the, get in the mood. It just felt good, all right, I'm here, let's do this. And I'd kinda walk, I'd start stretching a little bit, you know, getting loose up or whatever. I'd walk up and watch somebody working on some machine, I'd be like, all right, I might do that one when they're done, that looks like a good one, and kinda, Pretty soon, it'd be like 15 minutes I'd been in the gym. Hadn't lifted anything yet. Hadn't jumped up on one treadmill yet. But I'd been there 15 minutes, stretching, looking around, just kind of checking it out. And this weird phenomenon would happen inside my head. I would kind of start to feel like 
I was way more fit than I was when I walked in the room. I'd start to feel like, man, I am all, I'm already getting there. This is awesome. There was just something about being in an environment that gave me a false sense like I was accomplishing something. And that same thing can happen to us that we can come up into church and think just because I'm sitting in the environment, I must be growing spiritually. So I don't need an extra plan more than that. But listen to me. We've got to be intentional about spiritual growth because spiritual growth is not something you're going to stumble into. But it's so important. I mean, it's all... When I, was, when I was preparing for this messages, I had so many verses in the New Testament to choose from. So many times in the New Testament, when, when the writers of the New Testament were saying, you've got to grow, you've got to move forward, you've got to learn, you've got to work out your salvation, you've got to, you've got to do more, you've got to become more and more like God. It's just, it's all throughout the scripture how important it is for us to grow and this verse that we focused on here in 2 Peter, 2 Peter really gives kind of two aspects of our spiritual growth. Kind of two pieces of our spiritual growth plan if, if we were going to put one into place. And he would start with this in verse 17. I believe that in verse 17, Peter gives us the motivation for growing. Gives us the why. If we're going to start there, like, why should I grow? Well, I think... Peter answers that question in verse 17. Look at what he says in verse 17. He says, therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position. This Greek that gets translated to be on your guard, it really means this. It means to be constantly on the lookout. To just never have a moment of rest that you're just constantly on guard. Constantly guarding yourself lest you, you fall. Matter of fact, Corinthians says it this way. Be careful when you think you stand. Be careful when you let your guard down because that's when a fall is coming. And Peter's kind of echoing that same sentiment. He's like, you just got to constantly be on your guard. He's warning the church against breaking down the walls between the truth of God's word and false teaching. What he's saying is there, there, there shouldn't be any connection there. There shouldn't be any sharing there. If you believe in God's word and you believe uh, you're trying to grow in your relationship with God, then you've got to be on your guard. You've got to keep that wall built against false teaching, against false interpretation of Scripture, against confusion and, and all of those things. And Peter says if you don't, he says you'll be carried away. Now Peter, you've got to remember, he was a, he was a fisherman. And so when he's talking about being carried away, I'm pretty sure his imagery was this. He's thinking about being out on that boat when he got too close to the storm. And maybe he should have gone away, but they pushed it and they stayed a little too longer and that storm was on. And pretty soon that boat found itself in the middle of the storm. And when you're in the middle of the storm being carried away, it doesn't matter how much you row, it doesn't matter where you set your sails, that storm's gonna take you where that storm's gonna take you. And I think Peter had been in that moment and now he's warning the church and he's saying you've got to be on your guard that you don't find yourself so in the midst of a storm of false teaching, such in the midst of a storm, of a wrong paradigm and a wrong worldview, that then you can't get out of it, that you fall from your secure position. Matter of fact, the word that gets translated carried away here emphasizes a group or a corporate movement. 
It's not even talking about individuals. It's kind of saying this, like false teachers aren't satisfied to go and just pluck them out one by one. But no, they're looking for entire movements. That's why we can look back through history and see generations all at once seem to get carried away in a wrong teaching, in a wrong concept. We see it happen all the time. I mean, to think about the powerful current that's out in our world right now, just this, this, this constant wave pulling us away from the truth of God's word, and it's everywhere. It's persuasive and it's persistent. I mean, just, just social media alone, if you just wanna look at that one thing, and some of you do, right? Like, we, I know young people obviously get, get uh, accused of being on it a lot, and they are, but some of y'all older people are on it a lot too, maybe more than you should too. And you, you, you start scrolling through, and pretty soon you'll get to, to posts or people talking about maybe even some aspect of the Word of God, and it's people that really don't have any business trying to interpret Scripture because really they're just interpreting culture and trying to make it squeeze in and trying to change what this verse means to fit as I interpret culture. They're interpreting culture more than they're interpreting the Word of God, but yet they're persuasive, and then you keep flipping, and there it is again, and there it is again, there it is again, and it starts to have an impact. It can start to carry you away if you're not growing. That's why he warns. He says, you, you got to be careful. I mean, to think about the undercurrents of, of false teaching, the undercurrents of disagreement with the truth of God's word that permeates just every form, every medium of media. It's just everywhere. Music, movie, TV, you name it. It's just this constant. And sometimes it's not in the undercurrent. A lot of times it's overt. We're, we're being bombarded with images of people not living life according to the word of God, but living life according to the desires of their flesh. And we just see it all the time. This message is not a message on holiness, although holiness is a worthy target for the Christian. And the church said amen. 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 That's good. You amen at the right time. This is not a message on holiness. So I'm not even saying that if you watch one scene like that, that you're going to fall away from God and, and end up, you know, in despair. That's not what I'm saying. But for us to think that this constant bombardment of this imagery and these stories, to think that it has no impact on us, is foolish. That's foolish. Which is why Peter warns he warns the church. He said, you better, you better be on your guard because if you're not, you will be, you'll be swept away. This, this current is strong. I can remember when my kids were younger and maybe we may maybe take a trip to the beach and I can remember the kids would want to run out into the water and so we'd go swim and we'd be there at the first part of the, uh, the coast where the waves are just coming in and the kids were fine on their own running around but then we'd go out a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper and the deeper we went out, the stronger the current, the stronger the current, the stronger their grip on me was. And I mean, the more deep we'd go, the stronger the current, and there'd be a death grip. They would not let go of me. Now, I was fine out there in the depths of that current and in the depths of those ways. I was fine more than they were. They needed to hold on to me. Why weren't they fine out there where I was fine? Because I was a grown man, okay? Because I could handle it because I was all grown up so I could be out there in the, in, the, in the depths of that current and be fine. That's why you got to be grown up in your faith because the current is getting stronger and stronger and stronger and you're gonna need to be able to stand up against it, which is what Peter's warning you about. There's a warning 
That's the motivation. That's the why for growing. He gives the motivation for growing, and then in the next verse, I believe he gives the manifestation of growing. The manifestation of growing, in other words, where the growth should happen, what the growth should look like. He says in verse 18, he says it this way, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. I heard about a group of tourists. They were um, in this village in Europe and they were just taking pictures and doing tourist things. And they come up on this little small village taking some pictures. And there's an older gentleman sitting on a bench. And uh, one of the tourists asked him a question somewhat condescendingly. But they said, uh, sir, are you from here? And they, the guy said, yeah. So they asked him a question. They said, they said, has any great man ever been born in this village? He thinks for a second. And he goes, no, only babies. Only babies have been born in this village. Now, you get what he was saying, right? What he was saying is, we're all born as babies. Nobody's born great. That's what he's saying. We're all born just babies, and we got to make a decision when we're born we're going, if we're going to grow or not. And the same is true for this growing in our faith. When we, when we come to Christ, when we become born again, we are born in as babies, and then we've got to make a decision whether we're going to grow or not. And this decision to grow is not even a one-time thing. It's not a, a momentary thing. This this verb that gets translated grow is a present imperative. Here's what that means. It means it is a continual growing that we're committed to. It means that we're going to be in a constant state of growing. I know I was a baby, but I'm still growing in God. I know I might be an adult now. I know I've been saved for three years, but I'm still growing in God. I, may, I know I've been saved for 40 years because I we, we can talk about stuff like this, and some of us can start to think, oh, that's cute, son. You don't know how long I've been saved, though. You don't know how long I've been church. I've been in church for longer than you've been alive. I know that's a dangerous mentality to think, to think that I've already arrived because, listen, to me. I could take your spirituality and my spirituality and put them together and I could still find somebody that was more spiritual than us put together who fell away because they stopped growing in grace and knowledge. No, this is a continual process that we have to be intentional about. That we have to be committed to. There was a, a guy by the name of Pablo Casals he was a child prodigy at cello, ended up becoming one of the greatest cellists in the world, uh, became super successful musician, conductor, composer. But someone interviewed him when he was 95 years old. And they asked him a question. They said, they said at 95, can we ask you this? Why do you still practice six hours a day when you're 95 years old? And his answer was this. He said, because I think I'm making progress. Oh, I love the thought of this elderly gentleman just still going, you know what? I still want to grow in my craft. I still want to make progress. What areas of progress does Peter call us to grow in? First, he says, grow in grace. Grow in grace. Let me tell you what he means when he says grow in grace. What he means is grow in your Christian character. What he means is grow in your actions. He means like, so you're taking this word of God into your life, grow in your ability to express it. Some of us know more of the word than we live the word. And that's what it means to grow in grace. 
To grow in grace does not mean, let me just, let me squash some air real quick. To grow in grace does not mean that I just have a lot of grace and I can just do whatever I want and God still loves me and so I can dabble over here and I can dabble over there and I can try this and I can follow this part of my flesh and I can do that because God's, I'm growing in grace and so there's just gonna be more grace to cover all my sin. I promise that's not what Peter's talking about. What Peter is saying that this grace of God that does forgive you of your past mistakes also empowers you to actually live this thing out. That's what he's talking about growing in. That if I'm on a plan of growth in my life, I'm going to look more and more like Jesus all the time. When I go to his word, it's going to affect me because I'm growing. See, some of us, we go to the word for inspiration, and that's fine because the word of God is inspirational. But we can't just read the Bible for inspiration. We also must read the Bible for transformation. Like this information that's getting in me should transform the way I live. That's what it means to grow in grace. How do I know if I'm growing in grace? Here's one way to kind of tell. So it's like this. Sometimes when we're first starting out to grow, we are doing the things we don't want to do because it's the things we should do, right? We can all think of moments in our life where that was the case. I'm doing what I don't want to do because it's what I should do. But when I start growing in grace, I start to want to do the things I should do. Oh, when those two things come together, when I start to love, some of you got dragged into church. Listen, I'm glad you're here and I'm glad for the person who drug you. But some people came up in here and they could not wait for service to start. They were wanting to be where they should be. Some of you, you can't wait to get in your prayer time. Some of you, you open up the word of God and you're like, oh, I guess I, I, he talked about growing yesterday, so it's Monday morning. I guess I, I it's, you better do my chores. I better read one chapter at least. I'm not gonna enjoy it, but here we go. I hope God's watching. That's the wrong attitude. No, when we start to grow in grace, we start to live this thing out. We love to do what we should do. So Peter talks about growing in grace, and he also talks about growing in knowledge. Growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is. Growing in the knowledge of the word of God. There is no spiritual growth apart from the Bible. There is not. A commitment to God's word will be a part of your spiritual growth plan. And Bible illiteracy in this country, really worldwide, but especially in this country, it's getting dangerously uh, more and more prevalent. Um, different groups have done some different studies. I, just, I don't have time to, to dive into a bunch of those, but I, Barna did a couple. And let me just bring out just a couple findings just for fun. But they found that less than half of Americans can name the first book of the Bible. It's, it's Genesis, by the way. All right, I, I, that's fine. They also found that only one-third know who delivered the Sermon on the Mount. And that was Jesus. Now, I sense something happened in the room when I just posed those two statistics. For some of you, you knew both of those. And I just felt this spiritual pride just kick in. Because some of y'all are like, I, I knew both. I'm, I'm already there. I, heard, I knew both of those. Please, give me something I don't. Give me a hard one, Pastor. Like, first book of the Bible. I knew it was Genesis, and I knew it was Jesus. And that was, all right, fine. I felt that happen in the room. And I also felt condemnation. Because I felt like there was someone in the room that didn't know one of those. And they looked around, like, trying to pretend, like, oh, man, that's horrible. But they knew they didn't know it, you know? <laughs> and listen, I don't want it to be pride. I don't want it to be a moment of pride. I don't want it to be a moment of arrogance either because both of those, that pride and that condemnation, both of us can keep us from growing. 
Because if I'm proud of what I already know, then I'm like, well, I don't need to hear this stuff about growing. And if the condemnation goes, man, I'm so lost, I'm so dark in this, I don't want to show up to a class because I'll be the one that doesn't know anything. They'll call on me and I won't know nothing. So either one of those things, if it's keeping us from going, the point is this, no matter where we're at on the spectrum, God is calling you to grow. God's calling you to grow in him. Grow in grace. Grow in knowledge. Hebrews talks about it this way, that when that growth gets stunted, Hebrews 5, the writer says, in fact, though, though by this time, you, some of you should be teachers. You need someone still to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food, it's for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. It's growing in grace and it's growing in knowledge. Like the more we grow in knowledge, the more it takes us to being able to live out this grace. And the more we live out this grace, it gives us a hunger for more knowledge in the Word of God. And it's just a beautiful cycle of growing in grace and knowledge. That's what we're called to do. We have a big part of our ministry that is a plan just for this. And um, of course, it's, it's one of the things you've heard us talk about a lot. But I'm gonna invite a couple up on stage with me, Kendrick and Alexis Ferraro. If you guys would come and join me in church, we can give them a hand as they come. They're gonna come and just talk to me for a second. But <clears throat> Thanks, guys, for being here. I've been knowing Kendrick and Alexis for a few months now. We actually met at a, a new members uh, get together and uh, got to talk with them for a little while that night, have gotten to spend just a little bit of time with them in the weeks following that, and uh, just so glad that you guys are here. Um, actually, they both served in the military, so I want to say thank you for your service, and uh, thank you, thank amen. You. Thank you so much. Matter of fact, tell us a little bit about what branch you ran and what you guys did there in the military. Yeah, so uh, my name is Kendrick. This is my beautiful wife, Alexis. And uh, like he said, we were in the military. We were both in the Air Force, military police. That's actually how we met in 2017. That's awesome. Um, and so since you've been here, uh, you kind of dove into to grow classes, which is, again, uh, a big arm of what we do, a uh, big, big part of the plan. And so uh, what grow class uh, maybe are you in now or did you go through? What, what grow classes have been a part of the journey for you? Um, so we started with uh, foundations, and then from there, we leveled up to Elevate. And once we're done with that, we're going to go on to Equipped. So what kind of stuff gets covered in the Elevate class? So Elevate essentially is, is walking in the Spirit, oh, living cool. out what Jesus has called us to do, um, setting us apart from the world. Uh, a lot of times we get complacent, and sometimes we don't realize that we're supposed to be different. Mm. Um, so it teaches you how to live out that Spirit. That's awesome. So being involved like specifically in these grow classes, how has that affected um, your day-to-day -day or kind of your life and your walk with God? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I definitely see things differently. I live differently. Um, it's helped me walk in the Spirit by kind of showing me where I was falling short and where I needed to pick up the slack. And I crave the Word a lot more, wow. and I understand it a lot more as well. So. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah uh, to piggyback off of what she said, um, it essentially helps you, no matter where you're at, grow classes are gonna meet you there. Um, if you're a day in the faith or 15, 20 years in the faith, you're gonna learn a lot. You're surrounded by teachers and mentors, and I mean, there's pastors in the class that have led churches, and 
you see exactly how you can interpret the word in different ways, but most specifically how to apply the word to your life. That's awesome. So if somebody's sitting in here today or, or a part of this service on a screen somewhere and they're thinking about, well, maybe I should or maybe I don't have time or what would you say to somebody that's on the, on the edge of thinking about maybe coming to a grow, grow class? What would be your advice? Do it, 110%. I mean, I'm a pretty shy person and I was really new to the faith and kind of felt discouraged, but once you step in there, everyone is so welcoming, you learn it, you just grasp it so much more, it hits home. Like, the parables that Jesus uses, sometimes I'm like, what is he saying? Like, I don't get this. But you have the instructors that are there to break it down where it's like, oh my goodness, aha, like, I get it now. And you apply it to your life and it's like a constant reminder of how you should be daily. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I'd say for me, um, and I'm guilty of it, a lot of times as Christians, we sit back and we think that God is just gonna do things in our lives and he's just gonna bless our lives and we aren't supposed to do anything in our spiritual walk, but most times, if not every time, God is calling us into something. Um, So if you're on the fence about it, take the leap of faith. God is gonna move in your life. He's gonna bless your faithful actions. Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Thank you guys so much. Love you, brother. Uh, they're awesome. So they're talking about these, uh, these grow classes. And um, I just want to be very, very practical and just kind of show you uh, what some of those look like. Um, next week, you could come early. Um, you could come earlier than you did today. Some of you could come earlier than you did today and see the beginning of this service. It was awesome. Uh, some of you didn't know. There's a whole... I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's so much condemnation all of a sudden. I didn't, I was just kidding. You're all right. All right. No, but you could come early because this service starts at 11.15. You could come at 10.25. There's a whole set of classes that happen every Sunday at 10.25. Uh, There's actually two pages. Here's the first one. Look at that first class, A House Built on the Rock. That's a class for married couples, uh, all about discipleship. It's a a discipleship community for married couples, uh, how to build your marriage and your home on Christ and being the center of that. So that's there. Um, there's a, the, the second page of our 1025 current uh, grow class setup. Uh, life principles from the New Testament, that's for men. Multiply your God-given potential. There's one up there, foundations. You, you hear us talk about foundations a lot. It's a great starter class. It's a, just really a solid biblical foundation for strong Christian life. It's a great one to, to start at, but you see that up there. And so you could start next week and just set the alarm a little bit earlier or do what you gotta do to be up here at 1025. Matter of fact, it would be awesome if next week at 1025, we kinda gave all the grow class teachers a little bit of a heart attack trying to figure out where they're gonna put everybody. They'd be looking around going, what's going on? Is the world ending? And we say, no, we've just decided we're gonna grow in Jesus. We're gonna grow in grace and knowledge. Or, or you could just stay after today. When this service gets over, you could go grab a chicken sandwich or a lemon chicken from the, from the grill over here, and then after service at one o'clock, there's classes that start there too. That same class we talked about, Foundations is there, an equip class, and then a singles grow class is also happening at one o'clock. So you could even do that if you want to, to start the journey of growing. And we're gonna pray in just a moment for God to speak to us about kind of what our steps would be. But before we do, let me just end with this. Um, in 2003, the British cycling team hired a new coach, 
a new, uh, he was kind of a director uh, of performance. And uh, the reason why they hired the new person, his name was Dave Brailsford. The reason why they hired Dave Brailsford is because British cycling had been woeful. I mean, embarrassingly bad. For the 100 years previous to 2003, they had won one gold medal in all those Olympics in 100 years. Over those last 100 years, they had never won. No British rider had ever won the Tour de France. And so they were kind of an embarrassment. Matter of fact, there was one bike manufacturer that wouldn't let the British cyclers ride their bike because they didn't want to be associated with that level of failure. That's how bad they were. And they bring in this Dave Brailsford to be the coach. And he starts in on this plan of growth. I mean, you wanna talk about little, meticulous, he would look at even, just, just let's just grow in 1% in this area. Let's grow in 1% in this area. Let's do a little bit of growth. Because see, sometimes what we do is we look for the big moments of growth. We like, I'll come to the men's God encounter and I'll grow so much in just two days. And it's true, that will happen. But those moments are not enough. You also need to be on a daily incremental kind of growth. The kind of growth that maybe somebody doesn't notice in one day. But after a year, they go, oh my goodness, I can't believe how much you've grown because you've been committed to something. That's the kind of growth he was talking about. So he would find these little meticulous things. I mean, I'm talking everything from the shape of the seat. If we change the, sh the shape of the seat just a little bit, make them a just 1% more comfortable, they'll be able to go faster. But if they put rubbing alcohol on the tires to give them just a little bit better grip to the road. They asked the riders to wear electrically heated um, things over their shorts to maintain the ideal a muscle temperature while riding. They used biofeedback to see which workouts were training the muscles for which riders the best so that they would focus those workouts on those particular athletes. They tested various fabrics to see which ones, they would put them in a wind tunnel and see what the aerodynamics of each fabric was. And okay, we want this team to change to this fabric because it seems to do just a little bit better aerodynamically. They tested different types of massage gels to put on after a workout to bring the muscles to recovery. And they found which gels were, were helping the muscles recover the best. They even hired a surgeon to teach the riders how to wash their hands because they thought if you can just get 1% better at washing your hands, that's just a little bit less bacteria coming into your body and maybe you'll stay healthier and be able to work out more often and you'll miss less days because you're sick. They determined even the type of pillow to use so that the riders, so that the riders could sleep maybe just one or 2% better at night. And so they would take their pillows everywhere that they would go and travel and do. They, they wouldn't use hotel pillows. No, it would be their pillow that they, that they found that would help them sleep the best. They even painted the inside of the van a, a white color so that they could spot any kind of dirt or any kind of germs that were inside. All these little tiny increments, 1% of growth here and there and here and there, this commitment to growth, what happened? Did it do any good? Well, it did. Just five years later, after Brailsford took over, the British cycling team dominated the 2008 Olympic Games in Beijing. They won an astounding 60% of the gold medals available in that category. Four years later, the Olympics were held in London and the Brits raised the bar. They set nine Olympic records that year and seven world records that year in cycling. And between the years of 2007 and 2017, that 10-year span is known in cycling as the greatest 
dominant span of any time in, in, the, in the history of that sport. 178 world championships, 66 Olympic and Paralympic gold medals, and five Tour de France victories over those 10 years. I mean, an unprecedented level of success. How did that happen? Growth. Just committed to growth. And you know what, church? You know what's scary to me in my life? Like, I'm not even, I'm not even necessarily talking about, like, everybody right now. You know what's scary for me is unreached potential. Man, I don't want to get to the end of my life and go, well, what you did was cute, but boy, what you could have done. What you could. And us as a church, too. Like, I think we should all think about that individually. But what about as a church, too? Don't we as a church, don't we want to accomplish all that we are capable of accomplishing? Don't we want to advance the kingdom in this city and in this world like we're capable of doing? Well, it won't happen if we aren't committed to growing, if we don't have a plan, if we can't answer that question, what is your current plan for spiritual growth? I just want you to be able to answer that question. I want God to speak to you about what your growth looks like. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.